And so as we begin, let us turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 8. It's a scripture we've been reading, and we will be through in a moment for the glory of God. It says in Luke chapter 8 and from verse 4, Now when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down by the birds, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. It sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he replied, he cried and said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not hear. Now this parable, or rather the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and it is in a time of temptation, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they hear, or when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones who fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. We have worked on or spoken about the wayside, the ground that is the wayside, standing by the wayside. That was the first aspect. And we are last week, the past two weeks, we have been touching on the rocky ground or the heart of rock. And one of the main things we have majored on is to realize that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to you and he's speaking to me. He's speaking to the condition of our heart. And we have majored on the aspect that we've said the seed, which is the word of God, has everything in it. And the seed does not miss anything. All it needs is to be planted. Whether the seed grows or not, whether the seed brings a harvest or not, depends on the ground it is planted in. And we've said that, that you know, that you, as we've said, every soil has a tendency of having its texture changed. That is a soil that was once productive, if left to the elements, it can easily turn and become hard and unproductive. And we say last week in depth concerning the, rock, the rocky ground, you need to daily attend to your soil if the texture is to be maintained. Today, by the grace of God, I want us then to look at the thorny ground. So we have said on those two, and let us keep weighing ourselves. He is not speaking to unbelievers. He is speaking to men and women who believe in him. And he's warning us that in our walk with the Lord, there is a responsibility that lies on you and lies on me as his children if we are going to be called overcomers and if we're going to inherit what he has prepared for us to inherit 
That is, as he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, verse 7 is what we are measuring on today and verse 14. Verse 7, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Verse 14, now the ones who fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Realize that every farmer is attracted to a land that is, has good soil. Take note of that. Every farmer, anybody who is involved in farming, is attracted to a, a soil, to a land that has got a good soil in it. And that is when you and I reveal the kind of soil that we have, and we implement and we practice the word of God in our lives, we become attractive to God. He is the main farmer. We become attractive to, to heaven. When your heart is, they can view and they realize that is good ground. And hence, to him who or her, who has she, who has more, more is added. That is, that ground that is able to receive and they start realizing it is producing fruit. It starts to receive more and more is entrusted unto it. And so, as we move, I want you, you know, listen to the word that comes to you with an open and a teachable heart. That is the thing that God is looking for in each one of us. Let us have a heart that is open and is teachable. And if we have that particular, that, that way you find that failure to have such a heart that is open and teachable, you will find that, that even the understanding that you think you have, or the understanding that I think I have, will be taken away if my heart or your heart is not open and it is not teachable. Another aspect is to discover that the, you know, your commitment level, how committed you are to the things of God or to the word of God, determines how the longevity of your stand when times of trouble and tribulations come. When the discouraging moments and the hard times come, you know, the state of your, the commitment, that is the kind of soul that you have, determines how long you're going to persevere. Now, thorns, as we have read here, they have a way of crowding out the good seed. It's strange. You plant all of them, but strange enough, you'll always find the thorns or the weeds and what have you. They have an uncanny way of being able to choke out the good seed. You have planted all of them nicely. All of them should be able to grow. But strange enough, somehow the seed is not able to produce properly in the company of the thorns. The thorns have the capacity of pushing out the truth of the kingdom out of your heart. Or it sort of, it, they annul the power of the truth in your spirit. That though you believe and though I believe, but by the presence of the thorns continually in our lives, this word becomes weak. It becomes a weak seed. It is not able to continue on to reach maturity. The fruit is not formed. It may produce the leaves and everybody can see that, oh, Paul is a Christian. But when they try to look for the fruit, they can't be able to find any. And I want you and I to look in our own lives as we share this particular scripture. So today I may share only one aspect of the thorny ground or two aspects. But let us grasp what it is that the Lord is speaking unto us. And 
in, uh, just as the word of God has said, that, you know, worries of life and the attractions of wealth and pleasure, you find they have got a way of suffocating the word of God in each one of our lives. And the question is, what then is the thorny ground? You know, we speak oh, 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 generally, oh, thorny ground, stony ground, you know, and uh, maybe the wayside or whatever it is. So the question now is, what then is the thorny ground? Uh, can I be a believer and I have a thorny, a thorny ground in my, in, my, in my being? Aspect number one that came upon my heart as I meditated on this particular scripture is that aspect that the thorny ground, the thorny, thorny ground or the thorny heart, one, first and foremost, is the heart that is in slumber mood. The heart that is in a slumber mood, or the sleeping, the sleeping heart. You realize something. When you are asleep, you are not aware of what is going on around you. You, you are so much, I, I know, you, you feel so relaxed that whatever happens around you, you've got no clue of what it is that is happening. But just if we look quickly at the book of Philipp, Ephesians chapter 5, Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 5 and from verse 8 to verse 14. The word of God says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, that is in verse 14, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Interesting. As he, as he speaks, then he speaks, he says, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead. It's like the sleeper is as good as a dead character. It's like in spiritually, if you're asleep, you are as good as a corpse. And the word of God essentially is telling us, it's warning us, it says, awake, awake you who sleepers. And he says, and Christ will give you light. What is it to sleep? Are obvious to sleep is not to be awake. That is obvious item number one. Another thing is to sleep is not to be alert. And also remember to sleep is not to be on watch when you are required to be on watch. To sleep, another aspect you discover is to lose clarity. You end up, you, 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 you can't be able, if you talk to somebody who is, a, who is a, no, you know, dozing, you ask them something, they will tell you almost anything. They are not aware of what it is they, they are speaking at that particular time. To sleep is to ignore the warning signs. And I want you to look at yourself in your life. How many times have you missed the warning, the warning, the warning signs that the Lord gives unto you in our life? To sleep is that your vision starts to become blurred. In chapter 26 of Matthew, verse 41, the word of God says some very interesting one. Jesus says this particular words in verse 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now realize, 
to sleep then mainly say watching and praying keeps you or keeps temptation at bay but when we fall into sleep spiritually we lose that particular alertness and hence temptation is able to crouch onto our ground and finds us not alert we are talking of the thorny ground the sleeper is like a thorny ground that is you will not see when the enemy comes by your driveway and is carrying black ice or is carrying oil and he pours it right up to your door and goes when you step out because you know what how black eyes are black eyes are never and ne black eyes is never visible you step on it and straight away you find you are already on the road with your head down you you slipped and you never knew what made you fall same with oil you step out on it and you have slipped and you're gone this is what happens when our hearts are asleep we are not alert on what it is that the, the, the Lord is doing on, in our lives. That is, the Lord wants us to be alert, as he says, as he has put it there, watch and pray so that you may not enter into, into temptation. Hence, that you know, he's looking for you to be aware of our natural tendencies. We have got physical bodies and natural bodies. And there are times we get, we are, that when we subject ourselves to a certain conditions long enough, our bodies will automatically respond to those particular conditions. And that is the sad thing with many of God's children. We, we, we tend to walk into grounds where automatically our bodies are fitted to be able to respond to certain stimuli, right? Whether it is by eye, whether it is in the thought, whether it is our emotions, whether it is our feelings. And that's why he says the cares. The worries and the cares of this life, they tend to choke the word of God. If you and I fail to be in that particular place where we are able to have the word of God shining on us completely and we are awake, we end up losing sight of what the Lord is desirous to be able to do in our lives. Remember the story of the ten virgins, that is Matthew chapter 25 verse 1 to 13. You can read it in your own time. The word speaks of the ten virgins. Five wise and five foolish. And he speaks of some who had oil and others who didn't have oil. But the strange thing is when they slept. The Bible says while they slept. Because the, the, you know, the, the, the bridegroom took long to come. And because it took long to come, the delay caused dozing. And the, the lamps started dying, dying off. The oil, whatever was left in, was dying off. That is, while you sleep. You find that, you know, you do not feed enough on the word. The sleeping heart doesn't have time to feed on this word. We've got time to do every other thing. We've got time to read novels. We've got time to listen to motivational speakers. We've got time to, read, to, to listen to worldly people as they encourage us, which is good. You can listen to people who will encourage us in many aspects. But this word, we rarely have even a look, we, ne we rarely look at it. It is a very dangerous, dangerous position that we are getting ourselves in. And what happens is that thy word is a lamp to my feet. That's what the word of God says. And it is a light unto my path. That means when this word starts to wane off from us, when we stop engaging with this word, 
what happens when we stop fellowshipping with one another in this word. We meet and we don't open the word even to share a scripture or any thought of what the Lord has said. What we meet is just saying, oh, what was Michael saying? Oh, what was Sarah saying? Oh, what was Richard saying? Oh, you know what? I saw Sophie in such and such a place. Oh, I saw Steve doing this. I saw... We, start, we spend so much sharing what we saw, what we saw, and we never have time to be able to look at it. It says, thy word is a lamp to my feet. And my beloved, if we want to, and, and as long as this word is rich in us, the light in our, for our feet becomes brighter and brighter. We shall have victory, we shall know the path that we ought to take. Failure to engage with this particular word. It is, essentially you find that the light goes dim and we'll start walking, grouping our way, trying to think on how to make ends meet in, in a manner that maybe is not glorifying God. What happens, you forget the promises of God. You can have had those promises so clear in your spirit, but when you stop thinking about the meditating on the promises he has made, you start you know, thinking of what is happening all around you, your family affairs, and many other things that surround us in life, you finally find the promises that you once knew, they are no longer there. Ask yourself, there's a time you may have known some certain scriptures very well, but these days somebody asks you, do you know where this scripture is? You say, yes, I know actually that scripture, but... Is it in Genesis or is it in Ecclesiastes or is it in Zechariah? Is it in Matthew? You, don't, you can't be able to locate where the scripture, the word was. Why? Because you have, been start, you have started to sleep. The word has also slipped off from your system and hence the light of God is going out. So ask yourself as you sit there and as I'm sitting there, am I really awake? That is a, 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 so the thorny heart first and foremost is the sleeping heart as the thorns start to grow on your side you, you don't realize that these are thorns they become things you are fellowshipping with you are at home with the thorns and as the thorns grow you don't or I don't realize that they are going they are sucking away the nutrients from the ground that the Lord has been wanting me to feed from and as a result in due time my testimony goes blood Everything about my life starts to become tasteless. The things of God starts to lose the flavor and the goodness in, the, in it. And I start abandoning them. I start abandoning the fellowship of the saints. Let us be alert. Item number two. And then we can be able to summarize on this one. We shall share on the other some other time when the Lord grants us an opportunity. So, I ask yourself, am I awake? Am I alert? The second aspect of a sleeping heart. Oh, the, the, thorny, the thorny ground, not the sleeping heart. Another aspect of the thorny ground is you and I do not know how to redeem the time. We do not know how to redeem the time. Listen to what the Word of God says in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 12. He says the following, Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15, sorry, verse 15 to 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here the, you know, the, the admonition that he is giving unto us. He's saying, we do not have much time. You will, you will look in your own life and he says, you do not have much time, I do not have much time to be able to prepare ourselves for eternity. 
I want you to think in your mind, suppose you have a son and a daughter who refuses to grow. They grow, they become bigger, they become bigger men or bigger women, but they still have the tendency of children. They want you to remove their mucus. They want you to go to attend to their pool. They want you to go to, and they are becoming, you realize this nurse, a 14-year-old boy, a 14-year girl, and he or she is expecting you to go and take care of them. They are maybe wetting their bed. We wake up, the whole bed is completely well. You wonder, what am I going to do with, with this son, with this daughter of mine? You've got to go to take the bed sheets, go wash them, bring them alive. You find maybe he has gone into toilet in the, in the, in, in the bed. You, you can start imagining in your own mind what sort of character is this that I have in my house. But he's not disabled in any way. He's so much fit. He's very good in everything. But when he comes home, you discover the guy has not grown at all. You imagine what that means. And that's uh, some many times what happens to us in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We confess that we know the Lord. We confess we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we behave very well in the front of when we are outside there. But when we are in the private place with the Lord, in that secret place of our ground, when we look at our ground, you find there is no maturity in us. There's a preacher who used to say, opportunity walks on silent feet. And it will not find you. It must always find you ready. If it doesn't find you ready, it will bypass you. It will not even wait for you while you pray. So you must be ever ready when the opportunity of grace comes by your door. Why? If I don't mature, when the thing that the Lord brings for me to be able to experience at that particular time, I will miss it because I'm still looking for milk to be able to suck from the bottle when the Lord was expecting me to go to sit on the table, get hold of the, or whether it be the broccoli or the spinach or, 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 or the strong meat, whatever it is, whatever thing you eat, but what is eaten by the old adults. You, he wants you to dig your teeth into that which is strong, but you are not ready for that particular kind of thing. That is, you refuse to exercise your senses to discern what the will of God is. I want us to look at ourselves as you are growing to become vessels that the Lord is going to use. You know, start to, to grow within yourself. Just quickly, as you look in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter, chapter 5, I'll read a, a scripture there, if you, if, just for us, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to verse 14. This is what the writer says. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you indeed, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You have come to need milk and no solid food. For everyone who partakes only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This is what the Lord is looking for in you and in me as we grow up. Exercising, we've learned to be able to make use. You know, he says, by reason of use, using the word of God, the word that has been coming to you continually, you've been able to grapple with it and you have exercised your senses to be able to know this is what the Lord desires of me. You realize that so a, a thorny heart is the one that does not know how to redeem time. You don't want to, you don't realize 
I am not here forever. I will not remain young all the days of my life. I will become an old. I will, white hair will appear on my head at one particular point. But I continue behaving as if all is like that. Say if I'm like at my age, I, I dye my hair black so that everybody sees that I don't have any white. I don't have, but inside I know I have the white as well. I want to behave as if I'm young when I am totally old. But and I miss the chances. I want to remain with the, with the youth, running up with the youth and doing what the youth are doing and what the older men are doing. I don't want to, uh, to appear in, in those places because I want to remain. You know, the, the youngsters reveling like the youngsters will revel and not be found with the older, older group. The Lord is looking for an opportunity for us to grow and to grow the muscle in our spiritual work so that the, the world may be able to have an answer for their needs that face them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is he saying? That you believe the word of God. The stony heart believes the word. It does not deny the word. No. The stony heart truly believes the word. Takes the word on board. And says, yes, this is the word of God. I believe what God has said about me. But what happens is that the, it, it equates that particular word with any other worldly wisdom. Now, you know, have people who say God helps those who help themselves. You hear them say, God understands. I need to enjoy myself. So they believe what the word of God is. It's not that they don't understand that particular word. But they, the, the allurement to the world, to experience what the world is experiencing is so great that we want to reach out to the world more than to the word of God. Just a same example, you, 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 in our current generation, we have got wonderful, wonderful motivational speakers. They will speak wonderful, bombastic words that will take you to, the, to space. And you walk in space when they are speaking, you feel, I have made it today. But they are only speaking to you, my beloved. Their word, the Bible says, the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. This particular word, when it is planted in your spirit, I can assure you, it will not let you down. I may listen to many motivational speakers. I will be so alert in what it is that I've heard. And it is good. I'm not negating the motivational speakers. Please understand me. But there's a difference between the word of God and the word of a motivational speaker. He speaks from a natural point, but the word of God is speaking from the source of your life. That is the heart of God itself. The thorny heart has got no time for that. And so, as we look at this aspect of the thorny heart, remember those two aspects. One is that it is the sleeping heart. It is the heart that does not know how to redeem time. The Bible says in 2 Timothy, you can read that one on your own, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. He speaks of there are people who are easily taken captive, taken captive by the devil to do his will. That is, they know the word of God. They believe the word of God. But because of the strings that I have touched myself to the world, the enemy is able to take captive of me to go to do his will at any time. After I have done his will, I come back again into, the, into his fold. That you know, I, come, I, I come to identify myself with him. My, the fruit does not grow to maturity. It fails to mature. It only remains leaves that are hanging all around. And that is the, the essence of the stony heart. The, of, the, of the thorny heart. Always wanting to have our own way. You've seen children throwing tantrums. 
when they want to have something of their own. They know maybe that this thing is bad, the razor blade is bad. I want it, I want it, mama, I want it, I want it, I want it. When we were young, we used to, we had a saying in our language, we used to say, if the child asks for, the, for, for that, give it to him and watch. The moment they take that razor blade and hold it in the hand, when they hold it to cut the fingers, they will discover this thing is bad. They will not want it again. They will cast it aside even if now you give it to him. He says, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want that particular. Why? Why? Because experience is a good teacher. And this happens with our walk with the Lord. Sometimes we have tantrums in the presence of God. God is telling a child, this is the way, walk in it. We say, ah, no, Lord, I want to go there. It's so lovely. Everybody's on that side. Why should I go this way? And we go that particular way. And when we burn our fingers, we run back to the Father and with scars, which we shouldn't have had in the first place. And in finishing that particular aspect, read for yourself Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. He speaks of that I will stand my watch and wait to see what the Lord is going to do for me. The Redeemer of time, you who redeems time, you are able to stand at that place even if all the allurements, everything is shouting at you, come this way. The gossip shouts at you, come this way. The slander shouts at you, come this way. The jealousy or the envy, the anger, the temper tells you, come this way. But you decide, I will stand my guard on my round. I will stand on my guard. I will keep my watch until I hear. What does the Lord have to tell me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? So that I may know how I will answer. In my complaint, one of the scriptures says, God wants you to be able to see, then you will know how to be able to answer. He will give you the answer. He will give you the fruit of what you seek for. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, my beloved, let us be encouraged. I'm not here to discourage us. I'm here to encourage us. This is the ground, the ground that the Lord is looking to be able to bring us as his children so that we may be able to bring fruit in the kingdom for the glory of God. The thorny heart. That is the heart that is in slumber mood. Watch yourself and I watch myself. That is the sleeping heart. And secondly, it is the heart that does not know how to redeem the time. You don't realize it is evening is coming. And we are still doing things as if we are early in the morning. He says the time is running out. He is coming soon. We'll continue another time when the Lord grants us the opportunity in Jesus' name.